on the Idaho Family Report. Today, we are talking with Senator Chris Trakel about the controversy in Caldwell, allowing boys and girls school bathrooms and locker rooms and showers. We're also talking drag, library porn, and more. All right, welcome back to the Idaho Family Report. I am Josh Bales, pastor at the Well Church in Boise, one of your co-hosts. With me, Blaine Kanzati, the president of Idaho Family Policy Center. Brother, the 2023 legislative session has kicked off. Yes, it's going strong. We are in week number two. With fireworks. With fireworks, (laughs) as always. I mean, we just shake things up down there at the Capitol. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what these guys are in store for. I hope they have their seatbelts on. So, I am... FPC did a poll surveying Idaho uh, likely voters that was, you know, uh, they ensured it was demographically, politically, and geographically representative sample of all of all of Idaho. And these questions that IFPC put together deal directly with some of the bills that you are authoring and getting sponsors for and hoping to pass this year. Yeah, yeah. We asked questions on our agenda items to see whether likely Idaho voters indeed support our very aggressive pro-family legislative agenda. And and spoiler alert, Josh, they do. That's shocking. Yeah. You mean Idaho voters don't want to adopt clown world into their public school system and into public policy? Yeah. That's that's crazy. All right. So the first uh, question that you asked on the survey dealt with um, public schools and community libraries and whether they should have pornographic materials kept away from minor children. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we fought this battle last year. We've been realizing that this is an issue in community libraries and public schools throughout the state. We've identified about 19 communities that have pornography in the libraries accessible to kids. So we're talking about, you know, pornographic books in the young adult section, um, pornographic books in the high school library. Here's the thing, guys. As parents, we should be able to reasonably and fairly expect that when our child goes to a public school or goes to a public library, that they don't encounter pornography, right? Right. We should expect that our libraries and our schools are taking reasonable steps to ensure that children are not only not accessing pornography, but to ensure that they're not actively promoting pornography among our kids. And, you know, most Idahoans, most likely Idaho voters agree with us on this. 74% of likely Idaho voters believe that public schools and community libraries should keep pornographic materials away from minor children. We have legislation to address this issue, and that legislation will be introduced um, either later this week or the beginning of next. This should be a no-brainer. I mean, if any 7-Eleven clerk sells a Playboy or some other pornographic magazine to a minor, that's a felony. Yeah, it is. And let me tell you how bad some of these materials are. Um, last year when we were working on this issue, Representative Chad Christensen from East Idaho posted some pictures from some of the books that he found at his local high school library. He posted those on Facebook. Guess what Facebook did? They banned him for posting pornographic images. That's how bad some of these books are. If that you're are in getting kids banned libraries. by Facebook for pornography. Yep. <laughs> Yep, that shows you we're not making up the problem, right? This is a real problem, and uh, it really is affecting kids. All right, the next question dealt with 
school bathrooms and locker rooms. I mean, I, I, even asking this question is like asking, hey, should we allow our children to play with loaded guns? But how did Idaho respond to this? Yeah, this is a big issue across the state. We've seen several school districts, most recently uh, the school district in Caldwell, and we'll have Senator Chris Trakel on later in the program to talk about this, propose or adopt policy changes that allow biological boys to use girls' bathrooms, locker rooms, showers, dressing areas, and overnight accommodations. Again, who wants their daughter showering next to a biological male after gym class at their public school? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. We've seen in Loudoun County where uh, a a biological male who identified as a female raped two girls in the girls' bathrooms. The, The risk to privacy and safety for our girls when we allow boys in those facilities just increases exponentially. You know, just to, Senator Trickle is going to make the point that even in the cases where victimization doesn't happen, girls still have to be exposed to male genitalia, et cetera. And he gives several examples. I, I would just push back a little bit like, I believe it's all victimization, whether there's actual physical or sexual abuse that happens or not. If a girl is exposed to something that she shouldn't be exposed to, that is victimization. Yep, absolutely. And most Idahoans agree with that. So 71%, 71% of likely Idaho voters want biological males excluded from using school bathrooms and locker rooms that are designated for girls. All right. The third question on the IFPC survey dealt with uh, drag shows. Do, do Idahoans support drag shows where children are present? Talk about that one. And again, we're not talking about banning drag shows at your local gay bar. We're talking about banning drag shows at public parks that are advertised as family friendly where children are. We saw that up in Coeur d'Alene where a drag queen was performing on the stage at the city park and unintentionally exposed his genitalia to the kids in the audience. We saw that down here in Boise, even after they canceled the kids drag event this past September, they still had children up on stage with drag queens dressed in women's lingerie, stiletto heels, you know, boas, all sorts of, uh, you know, sexual paraphernalia. And this is this sexualization of our children is so unpopular with likely Idaho voters because they recognize how harmful this is in shaping a child's perception of sexuality and gender. And so over, like I said, 70% of likely Idaho voters support banning drag shows where children are present. I I do want to footnote something here. I think the value of these surveys show that there's actually not support for these evil things that are happening in society. Now, I'm glad for that, but I'll just say this. As a pastor and as a, as a man who pre- regularly preaches God's word, even if the statistics went in the other way, we still have a responsibility as Christians to say, this is what God's word says. Yep. Christians are, are meant to be prophets. They're meant to be salt and light to society. We're not basing our public policy just on what, what's popular. We're basing our public policy on what God's word says. Truth doesn't change based on majorities, right? right? We don't count noses to determine what's right and what's wrong. And the responsibility of government and government officials is to implement God's principles, those eternal principles of justice and liberty that allow humans to flourish, um, regardless of whether it's in season or out. That's right. So then the last question uh, dealt with uh, protecting gender-confused children from mutilating sex changes and irreversible pharmaceutical interventions. Now, you tried to get this bill on the floor last year. Yeah, we drafted this legislation in 2019. We first introduced it with Senator Christy Zitto. At the time, she was a representative in the House in 2020. 
And that was introduced in committee, but ultimately the committee chair ended up pulling the bill. And then last year, we tried again with Representative Bruce Skog. It passed out of the House with a veto-proof supermajority, but we couldn't get a committee hearing in the Senate. We're talking about mutilating children, removing healthy reproductive organs. We're talking about uh, double mastectomies for 15-year-old girls. We're talking about cross-sex hormones for 13-year-old kids that cause lifelong sexual dysfunction and that cause a host of health problems and various cancers. We're talking about puberty blockers for 9-year-olds, for 10-year-olds that cause lifelong sterility. I mean, these children who are on puberty blockers for the duration of their adolescence, they will never be able to have children. This is a huge problem. St. Luke's out here in Treasure Valley is performing some of these procedures on kids and referring kids out to, to other medical providers for these irreversible surgeries. And here's the thing. Most Idahoans recognize how harmful this is to children struggling with their gender. 68%, 68% of likely Idaho voters support legislation that would protect gender-confused kids from these mutilating sex changes and irreversible pharmaceutical interventions. Yeah, I mean, th- again, this is a no-brainer. Like when I was in <laughs> junior high and high school, they wouldn't even let us have a Tylenol without parental permission because they they saw that there was a health issue at stake. And now we're, we're talking about kids who who can't even vote yet who can't even buy cigarettes who can't even <laughs> buy alcohol getting life altering surgeries this this is so wicked this is completely evil yeah yeah but it's not only the surgeries it's those pharmaceutical interventions too that cause so many health problems irreversible sterility sexual dysfunction i mean it ruins these kids lives yeah so Josh, when we come back after the break, we're going to have Senator Chris Trakel on. He's going to discuss what happened in Caldwell last week where the school board shut down a public hearing about their proposed changes to the school bathroom policy. Uh, he was involved in that. They cut off his mic. And when we have him on after the break, he'll be here to discuss what happened at the school board meeting, why this is such a big issue and why parents all across the state should be concerned. All right, welcome back to the Idaho Family Report. We have a very special guest with us today, Senator Chris Trakel from the 11th District. He is a first-term senator. He was born and raised in Idaho. He's a graduate of Meridian High School, retired from the U.S. Marine Corps. He was a combat veteran 15 years in Iraq and Afghanistan, married with three children. Senator Trakel, thank you so much for being on the program today. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. You betcha, man. You have been embroiled in a firestorm of controversy over the last seven days. Before the 2023 legislative session began last week, uh, you were at a Caldwell School Board meeting on Monday the 9th that actually got reported on Fox News. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So uh, we're going to play a clip just so we can get our listeners up to speed, and then we would love to get your thoughts on what happened. You, under Idaho law, are required to maintain the morals and health of all the students. How can you do that when, like, that little girl came up here and said, and you allow a male to use a female bathroom? You're going to put all of their moral health and safety at risk. And like I told you before, you will face litigation. You called that a threat. I'm telling you, 
That is what will happen. It's already happened in several states and there's already been rulings on it. So before you waste taxpayer money, before you put a kid in harm's way, you better throw this policy out and not even consider it. I've got the floor. <coughs> Ms. Pacino, will you please listen to me? Sir. Yeah, you claim you want people to follow the rules, but you break the rules left and right. Last month, you allowed two people All to right, speak. We will be in this meeting right now. You do not get okay. to demand to follow the rules and yourself. We will recess for 15 minutes. I'm sorry. We have asked you absolutely know the protocol. You're not following protocol yourself. Madam Chair, I move to adjourn. Okay, I have a motion to adjourn. Do I have a second? Okay, we have a second. The people of the state of Idaho and creating the instruments of their government, do not yield the sovereignty to the agency's so-called vote. This is who you listen okay. to. Can you turn, turn him off? Okay. Senator, what in the world happened there? Goodness gracious. What was going on? Well, the uh, school board was proposing a, well, not proposing, but considering a policy that would allow transgender students that whatever sex they identify as to use that corresponding bathroom, locker rooms, facilities, so on and so forth. And this also went to overnight trips. Um, it forced the teachers to have to use pronouns that the student chooses to use. And it also required the fact that the school was not to notify the parents if uh, the student was doing such a thing. So rightfully so, parents were angry. And, and they showed up to this meeting and wanted to voice their concern. And, you know, it was very emotional, as it should be on a topic like this. And then when I got up to speak, uh, I wanted to point out a few things. And, well, you, you heard what happened. So. Yeah, so the school board members made a motion to adjourn the meeting. They cut it off. And obviously, the audience was not too happy. You uh, you, you kept uh, kept going after they, they tried to cut your mic. And I think they eventually did. Um, so lots and lots and lots of controversy. What's the current status of this policy right now? Uh, it's still in the same state. It's in the proposed phase. So it's not being implemented. It's not being voted on yet. Uh, I believe they are postponed until, I could be wrong, but I believe until the 23rd, they're having more hearings on this. Okay, on the so public. the debate will continue raging. Yes. So there was like 900 plus people. I, I heard a, another report that there was 1,000 people at this school board meeting. And uh, just, Oh, yes. Yeah, so just to kind of make... Uh, it clear for our listeners. In my mind, there seems to be at least two issues at play. So number one, and I think this is in order, this is the most important issue, the very evil actions of the school board seeking to allow little girls to be victimized in their schools by exposing them to boys, uh, using their bathrooms and their locker rooms, etc. And then, of course, you know, uh, teachers not reporting to their parents what's actually going on. So that's the first issue. And then secondly, uh, the lesser issue is the fact that uh, many broke protocol in this school board meeting. So let's start there, though, and then we'll, we'll swing back to the other one. What protocol was broken? 
the protocols that were broken, uh, from from what I understand, is uh, there was it, it was on both sides. So they they were there was rules put beforehand. You know, there's no clapping, there's no cheering in between speakers. Everybody's supposed to remain quiet, and it's it's a, a time thing. You have three minutes to speak, and they're trying to get everybody through. But at the same time, the school board it, it was was showing somewhat preferential treatment between whether or not you agreed or disagreed with the policy, they would interrupt. They would allow some things to go, but if it was used on a policy against, then they wouldn't allow that. For instance, uh, a student got up there and talked about threats of violence to schools, i.e. school shootings and stuff like that, but nothing was ever said. However, in a previous meeting, when I said uh, the school board would face litigation, uh, I was called out for making direct threats to the board. So, so it's definitely a double standard. So what do you say to your critics who they may be sympathetic and they may agree with your opposition to the evil policy of little girls being victimized, but then they take issue with you breaking protocol? Um, so this has been going on in Idaho for years. I've seen it in policy as back as 2015. And just recently in this past campaign, we had politicians that have been in office and new politicians claiming this is not here. This was never going to be here and they're going to fight to keep it out. So we knew we had to break this secret wide open. And I think we were successful in doing that. And if that meant that I had to challenge the school board directly, all we were hoping to make was state news. But it worked a little bit better than we thought. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. I, you know, um, Blaine and I were wrestling through this whole idea of kind of breaking b- protocol and civil disobedience off off the air. And, and being a Christian pastor, especially, I, I see lots of times where, you know, Christians are called to civilly disobey. Mm-hmm. And we, we uh, I mean, there's examples of, of Daniel doing this, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego doing this, of Peter and John doing this. So I do think that there are times to uh, civilly disobey. So I, I, I certainly appreciate what you did. I, I think the greater issue here is what was happening, what, well, what is happening in our schools. I mean, Blaine, last year there was a, there was a bill, right, that was putting, being put forward to try to stop this very thing from happening. Yeah, last year we had already drafted a bill to address this issue and ensure that our schools in the state of Idaho would keep uh, separate bathroom and locker room and shower and overnight accommodation facilities for, for biological boys and for biological girls. Um, we saw this coming down the pike from the federal government. And we saw other states already beginning to fold on this issue. And we tried to convince state legislators and other key constitutional officers to, to support our legislation. We couldn't. And the reason why is because they said, there's no issue in Idaho. This might be happening in California or Washington or Florida or Virginia or wherever. But this is not happening in Idaho, and so it's a solution in search of a problem. Senator, you know, I, I, I can't help but think that if we had taken care of the issue last year when we identified the problem and tried to get legislation passed to address it, what's going on in Caldwell never would have blown up in the way that it did. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. And that's the problem is we had politicians in office claiming that it wasn't here. But like I said before, I, I've seen a policy going as far back uh, just like this in 2015. So it's been here for a while. It has been. I think this is such, real quick, I think this is such a weak argument. Well, you know, X problem is not happening here. So you're just, you know, wasting uh, tax dollars on on trying to pass a bill 
that doesn't actually address a problem. And to, to those people, I would just say, well, let's get down to brass tacks. Do you think that this thing should happen or not? In other words, do you think that boys should be able to use girls' bathrooms or not? That's the real issue. And if you say, no, they shouldn't, well, then let's look at the federal landscape and see that this is already happening and let's prevent it from happening. And if you say, yes, I do think that boys should be able to use girls' bathrooms, then why are you bringing up this objection? This is, this is duplicitous on your part. Yeah, I have a friend who has made the analogy of a hurricane that's coming up the coastline. You know that the hurricane's coming. You have an opportunity to prepare, to, to board up your windows, to, to put out the sandbags. You know it's coming, but you don't because you, den- you deny that there's an issue right now. And it's like, come on. We as conservatives, we as constitutionalists, we need to be proactive because guess what? The left is proactive. The liberals are proactive. They're taking ground, right? And we need to be able to, to see these threats while they're off in a distance and, and get our ducks in a row so that when it does come here, we are prepared and our children are protected. Senator, why is this issue raising such passion? Um, why, why, why did you get involved? Why are, uh, why are so many parents, I mean, a thousand parents showing up to a local school board meeting? That's huge. What's, what's causing all this outrage? Well, you know, the fact that the safety of the children is, is a big factor in this, and it's probably the biggest factor to deal with this. Um, I have two children currently in the public school system. One of them is a special needs child. And, you know, I, I worry about them going to use the restroom, going to use the locker room, or an overnight trip, for example, and being roomed with somebody of the opposite sex or um, – being in the bathroom facility one it's not even necessarily that they might be victimized but the fact that my daughters don't need to be exposed to male genitalia to be made to feel uncomfortable when they shouldn't at all be like that and today's day and age with cell phone cameras and everything else who's to say what kind of pictures could come out of there or what could happen um and and Another issue that is with this is, and I don't even think this necessarily would come from the trans, but we're removing a red flag by allowing males to use the women's bathroom. So that used to set off, you know, like I said, some red flags. You, that, was, that was a warning sign if there was a male coming in the female. Now that's gone. So sexual predators, deviates, anything can use the excuse of being trans to go into these bathrooms to make it easier for them to assault people. That's such a good point, Senator. And of course, we, we have seen incidents in other states where, where that has happened. Um, obviously, I think the most famous one is in Loudoun County about a year and a half ago, Loudoun County, Virginia, where a, yeah. uh, a biological boy was using the girl's high school bathroom, raped a girl. The school district covered it up, moved the biological boy to a different school. Uh, he kept using the girl's bathroom raped another girl at the new school. I mean, that is just, you know, and of course the school kept covering that up and eventually the superintendent was fired and the grand jury uh, was, was, was called together to, to investigate and it was a mess. So this really does present uh, safety issues for our girls. But like you were saying, it's not just the, the victimization, the safety, it's, it's the comfort and the vulnerability, right? Our children yeah. to, uh, to reach their highest potential in education, they need to be in a safe and comfortable environment and, and allowing boys into girls bathrooms and making girls, you know, feel demeaned, humiliated, a concern for their safety, self-conscious that does not create the type of educational environment that breeds academic success. No, not at all. And 
you know, one thing I'd like to point at the irony that's in this, and I hope others are seeing this, is so you have the, uh, the, the child with gender dysphoria is uncomfortable using bathroom A, so they need to use bathroom B. Well, now the people that use bathroom B feel uncomfortable. The exact same thing that the gender dysphoria was trying to escape from bathroom A is now putting everybody that uses bathroom B in the exact same situation. Yeah. So why are we, why, why are those rights more important than the rights of the super majority? Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're going to have one child over 200. Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally agree. Well, Senator, you came to our family forum night last week, our town hall on protecting vulnerable children from sex change procedures, which are going on throughout the state of Idaho. You know, we, we presented our legislation there that, that addresses that issue that would protect those kids. What were your thoughts after, after coming and, and listening to the presentation given by Joseph Backholm and the panel discussion by me and Representative Scog and, and Joseph? Uh, I really like the information you guys put out. Um, it, you know, gave me a different light at looking at things. And two, on top of that, the legislation you guys talked about, I think is great. Uh, I think it's amazing. And to read it earlier, you know, the the problem we're in right now is because we had weak Republicans in office or those that just outright refused. And so now we're on the uh, defense, and, and that's just completely wrong. So I'm gl- glad to see you guys coming up with this. I think it's amazing. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to reading the actual bill and supporting it myself. I, I got to say an additional problem that we have is that we live in clown world. I mean, the fact that Blaine, yeah. <laughs> the fact that Blaine, you even have to ask the question, why are, why are you against this? <laughs> That's like saying, why, parent, why are you against your two year old running up and down the hall with a knife? Why yeah. are you against uh, loaded guns in your children's bedrooms? Why are you against uh, fires on your dining room table? Why are you against destroying the foundation of your house? This is absurd. This is clown world that we live in, and I think that we need to we we need to start calling it out. I mean, and I and I appreciate what you did, Senator Trickle, at the uh, school board meeting. Protocol being broken aside, I think we're, we're in an age now where Christians need to be able to understand, hey, you know what? We need a theology of, of civil disobedience, and, and we hope to do a program on that in the future, but we certainly appreciate your, your courage in what you're doing, and, and we hope that this legislative session will be fruitful for getting some of these bills passed. Well, I'm, I'm hoping so, too, and I'd like to point out one thing. You know, they are literally putting our children in danger, and they want you to be polite about it. So just think about that. You know, that's just, that's not right. That's not right at all. If there's any time to stand up and fight for your children, now's the time. Yeah, when you put it that way, it's so simple, isn't it? Well, thank you so much, yeah. Senator, for joining us today on the program. We appreciate it, and thanks for your service. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, take care. You too. We'll be back with more Idaho Family Report after this. You said earlier, Josh, that this is clown world. Yeah. I, what's going on, Caldwell? It's so obvious, isn't it's it? It's absurd. This is what happens when you depart from the firm foundation of Christ and his word. You get chaos. Yeah. It's Christ or chaos. Those are the only choices that we have. Yep. The stability of biblical principles, that, that guidebook for all of life, especially civil government and human relations, or man's wisdom, which leads to very crazy, crazy outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. 
Hey, so one of the things that I think Christians can be doing to turn our nation around is really simple. Yeah, it's it's so so it's so fascinating. People see all the chaos in the world and they're like, I need to do something. I need to do something. And then they forget the most fundamental thing that they ought to do. Pray. That's right. Yeah. Easiest, most simple thing that you can do and probably also the most important is pray. Pray for your civil leaders, for those public officials, people in Caldwell, pray for your school board members. Yep. And not only is it one of the most simple things that you can do, it's actually a command. It's an apostolic command by Paul. Paul says in first Timothy chapter two, one and two, first of all, then I urge that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. So Paul's telling Timothy to pray first of all for those in authority. Pray first of all for your public officials. This is clearly a matter of high priority. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Why should we pray for the king? Why should we pray to the king of kings uh, for the king or for the governor or representative? Because the king's heart is in his hand. Yeah, yeah. Scripture tells us that the heart of the king is like streams of water in the Lord's hand. He directs it wherever he chooses. God directs the hearts of civil leaders. And so if God can use our spirit-empowered prayers to drive demons to move mountains how much more can god use our prayers to change the hearts of public officials and this goes even for officials that you disagree with or officials that you agree with uh we're not called to just pray for some we're called to pray for all and especially i've gotten pushback before from praying from the pulpit here at the church hey why do you pray for you know president trump or president obama or this wicked leader or that wicked leader it's because god tells us to shouldn't we pray for the, the wicked ruler just as much as we should pray for the righteous ruler yeah isn't god sovereign over the hearts of all men and can you imagine what would happen if if, if god changes the hearts of civil leaders who resist his lordship yeah. and who persecute his church and who violate individual liberty right those are the leaders that we we need to be praying for that God changes their heart and transforms their governing philosophy as they encounter the saving and sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ. Josh, do you mind leading us in prayer for our state legislators uh, this legislative session? I would love to. Father, you have called state legislators and constitutional officers and judges, Father, to be your servants for our sake. We ask, we plead that you would equip them for this important work Give them an understanding of biblical justice and wisdom to make the appropriate decisions and courage to stay committed to first principles. And Father, we ask finally that you would let them and their families taste your mercy and your goodness and your salvation. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday morning. Until then, keep the faith, keep up the good fight, and stay strong. 